got ups and downs Because the world's intense How could you find out what to pair with your life events A cocktail will never fail to provide a lift Just raise a glass with your friends and let's drink about it You are listening to Let's Drink About It A podcast where we proceed from the premise that every life event has a perfect cocktail to go with it I'm your host Benjamin R. Harrison And I am Chris Bowman And our lovely and talented guest this week is Marion Bull Marion uh, A food writer, drinks writer sometimes uh, You're... Independent, right? You freelance? Yeah, I went freelance about three months ago. Nice. I feel like we keep catching uh, food writers as they're as they're going freelance. Right, as they're just jumping yeah. off how's of that, a very how's, stable cliff. How's yeah. that transition been? Um, it's been okay. I mean, like, uh, it's like fifty percent like self hatred, and then fifty percent <laughs> being like, oh man, it's so nice that I don't have to commute into an office today. Right. Now, I don't want to put word in, words in people's mouths, but isn't everything fifty percent hatred? Self-hatred, yeah, yeah, rather? Yeah, it's yeah. just like getting through the constant <laughs> feeling of the idea that you're terrible. Yeah. Um, no, but it's, it's been Just like check, checking the clock to find out when everyone's going to find out you're an imposter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. A lot I of think, that. I think, uh, I think we can all kind of relate to that. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and when it's slow, you know, you're just... There's, there's, no, there, there's no way to derive any self-worth on a slow day. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. luckily I've been busy, so it's mostly stress about getting things done that's so. good that's good that's a good problem to have yeah <laughs> not to brag about myself but <laughs> go but ahead i'm a kind of a hot tamale <laughs> in the, uh, <laughs> uh well what publications do you write for i mean i saw bylines on punch food 52 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh did i see eater i haven't no written anything i have something that i need to turn into eater later <laughs> today oh um, I, maybe I'm... i presaged it <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I have a column that I'm writing for Punch now. I'm doing some writing for Food 52. I've written a couple of pieces for Sever. I've done some, I'm working on something for Lucky Peach. And then I've done some like non-food and drink stuff too. Nice. Um, so sort of all over the place, but wow. it's been fun. I, uh, as somebody who's like actually a professional when it comes to writing things about alcohol, I wonder if you have any thoughts about the kind of weird cultural place alcohol holds in our lives where you know for some pe- people it's a, a deeply problematic mm-hmm. part of their existence right. and uh for a lot of us it's just a fun diversion um so i think that food and drinks writing are similar and that you can come at it from like a sort of like intellectual perspective or you can, i mean there are a million perspectives that you can come at it from yeah but you can come at particularly drinks you can be like oh well you know, this is like the history of these cocktails and this, you know, there's like the recipe science behind it and all of that stuff. But then there's all right. like, I really like just like writing about and thinking about the culture of bars, yeah. which even more so than restaurant writing feels like this very common experience, unless you're somebody who doesn't go to bars. Right. Um, so what was the question? <laughs> I mean, just like, I mean, do you ever feel like it, you're kind of wading into murky waters? Like, I, you know, like there's plenty of people in my family who don't drink and yeah. I are you don't like, ever are want you Irish. Like I am <laughs> uh, probably a little bit. Um, I just, you know, I don't want to like offend anybody. Mm-hmm. And like, I have plenty of close friends who are teetotalers that, right. Same. And like people that we uh, have had on the show and mm-hmm. want to have on the show and, and, you know, it's it's a very charged topic for some people. Yeah, but I feel like it's, I think that's fair. And I think that it's good to keep that in mind. But I also think that hopefully somebody who would be negatively affected by that wouldn't be reading it. Yeah. I mean, that's a very like optimistic and idealistic mm-hmm. perspective, <laughs> but... I don't know. I don't, I don't, I actually don't really worry. I worry about a lot of things. I don't really worry about that. Well, I hope I haven't added. (laughs) Are you, uh, are you guys sort of, I, I, I don't know if it's just me lately or if there is an actual louder discussion happening online lately, especially with the, was it Yale or Harvard, the Halloween email thing where people are calling for resignation of jobs and, but there's like, there's a, there's a conversation happening right now about how, Internet culture is breeding, uh, although we're culturally sensitive, we're becoming a little too sensitive, I think, right. uh, in some respects. And so now everyone is just walking on eggshells all the time. 
And uh, I don't know, do you guys, are you guys, like, are you hearing this online as well or reading this online a lot more lately? I just feel like there seems to be a real divisive type thing happening online right now. And I don't know if yeah. it's just me or, or what. You mean, um, you mean just in terms of like people getting in trouble for saying their own thing? And yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Like having different, or having, having different opinions, having retrograde opinions about stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's, I mean, there's increased visibility, right? And increased accountability because, you know, 20 years ago, if somebody said something offensive or problematic, mm -hmm. there was no, like, Twitter echo chamber to right. to hold that person accountable. I mean, you know, there were there were newspapers and there was television. Right, but if, now... if Com Cosmo Kramer drops an N-bomb in a comedy club, right. there's nobody with a camera that can then upload it to YouTube and everybody find out that he did that. Yeah. Right. Whereas now, uh, you know, it's it's very it's almost a foregone conclusion that if you drop an in bomb in the wrong room, you're gonna you're gonna get called out for it. Right. And I think account. I mean, I think it's great that we have that sort of accountability. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so too. I mean, it cuts both ways, right? Yeah. It's like there's people who have like, you know, that we've found out were like truly like despicable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that. Uh, at the same time, like it's possible to get carried away and and but i think you know. there's like there's definitely middle ground there where someone says something that maybe they didn't think through i mean obviously john ronson talks about this in in so you've been publicly shamed but there is that middle ground where someone says something and maybe didn't think it through and then they sure. are dragging it around for x amount of time and you know it's like people cannot make mistakes and you mm -hmm. know um and of course, like you say, Ben, like there are animals, monsters out there that, that yeah. use it as a, a, a platform for ill well, I just will, think but... we don't have anything to be scared of because we don't make mistakes. I mean, we're all... Well, this is The true. three of us, anyway. I'm just concerned good. for everyone else, you see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I only bring that up because, Ben, you're talking about being sensitive to... Yeah. You know, well, I guess... I'm yeah, I don't know also. if the teetotaler community has uh, has really, like, organized in that way. <laughs> so... Yeah, I wasn't, right. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't necessarily coming at it from that point of view. No, but, but I, it made It's made something I think about a lot, but yeah. I don't give much voice to on this show. So, I don't know. I thought maybe... <laughs> no, I think it's a fair point. It but would I just be think, an interesting conversation. Yeah. I just think that it's inevitably a part of our culture and therefore a valuable thing to to address and sort of inspect and write about. Totally. Um, and I like drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... She doesn't apologize for it, folks. <laughs> Neither do we. Um, anything, uh, anything interesting? Any trends you're spotting in the uh, bar drink culture that... You don't think people are aware of yet? Um, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, There's a lot of gotcha questions on the show today. Yeah, I mean, I'm really bad at like going out and like trying like hot new spots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of just like hang out in my little neighborhood. I will say that there's a new bar that opened up near me and they have... Um, for, I'm going to feel so dumb for bringing this up. Uh, they have these really big neon straws that I'm really enjoying. Awesome. Um, so who knows? Maybe uh, maybe that's maybe that's a thing. Sounds Man, to me, um, sounds I regret to me, Mar that we don't have any... <laughs> it sounds to me, Marianne, that you like to have fun. Right? I do enjoy having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Neon straws. I, I wish we had some today for the show. Uh, <laughs> well, should we get into the life events? Yeah, let's do it. Guys, I have a nemesis in my neighborhood Ooh. lately. I love it when people have nemeses. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me yeah. so happy. Well, I, I need a drink for that. <laughs> I like when Ben has a nemesis. <laughs> um, I, uh, as we record this today, it is my nephew's birthday, and uh, it is I have the most fun shopping for his birthday, and so uh, I, I have to exercise a lot of restraint. <laughs> uh, when it comes to that, and I need uh, I need a drink for that. Nice, guys. I think I did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, my life event is far in the past. Is that okay? That's, That's okay. okay. That's yeah. great. I, th I think better that way because we can. I really mean, it's go still into it. it's still haunting me. So my life event is um, a long time ago. Uh, I told David Starris a joke and he didn't think it was funny and then I cried. Oh you mean my god. Celebrated uh, memoirist David Sedaris? Yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. Soul crushing. Soul crushing. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can see why you need to do that. <laughs> Here go the recipes. 
Marion, you're going to be drinking. Uh-huh. I was trying to, I, I thought like, uh, I really like when, uh, I like the term bone mo for, uh, for mm. a joke that somebody appreciates. Right. And uh, I was looking, uh, I thought that the last word was like an interesting jumping off point for mm-hmm. that. And I fa- actually found a, a cocktail I from El, El mm-hmm. Cobre, which is part of the Cienfuegos Amoria Margo mm. uh, group here in New York. Um, uh, called the dernier mot, which is the last word in French. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so it's a it's rum ag- agricole, a Martinique rum with green chartreuse, maraschino liqueur, and fresh lime juice, three quarter ounces of each, uh, shaken until well chilled and double strained into a chilled cocktail glass. Um, so I thought uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully not, but maybe this is the last time you try a joke. So the dernier mo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Benjamin, uh, you will be drinking something from a, a drink that I found on the Food Fifty Two website. And coincidentally, mm. oh, cool. I, co- I love that website. That's coincidentally, website. I actually found the drink first. Then I was like, oh, let's see who posted this. Now, Marianne, you've been with us for twelve and a half minutes, and I think it's safe to say, uh, from our very own Marianne Bull, a drink called uh, the Boo Radley. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's two ounces of bullet bourbon, uh, three quarter ounces of chinar, a half an ounce of cherry hearing, uh, and a lemon or orange peel to garnish. Uh, you're going to add all ingredients to a mixing glass, add ice and stir until chilled, strain into a chilled coupe or cocktail glass, garnish with the lemon peel or orange peel. Uh, I hope so th- this came from a bartender, named, a bartender named Chris Hanna, uh, courtesy of Punch, it says here. So Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that my uh, nemesis turns out to be as lovable as yeah. This is what I'm. This is, this is what I'm hoping for. Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris, um, I figured that you needed you needed some navy like discipline uh, for, <laughs> for uh, not going overboard for mm-hmm. your nephew's birthday. Oh. Uh, so uh, you're going to be drinking an, a breakfast martini, which features one and three quarter ounces of navy strength gin. Three quarter ounces of fresh lemon juice, a spoon of orange marmalade, a uh, bar spoon of orange marmalade, and uh, three quarter ounces of Cointreau or triple sec. Mm-hmm. So you'll shake your ingredients with ice until chilled and fine strain into a chilled cocktail glass and garnish with an orange twist. Man, oh man. Marmalade and a drink. Now I heard everything. <laughs> uh, let's go make them. Let's do it. Cheers. 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 She's a beaut. Oh, yeah? Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's good drinks good. all around. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. yep. Another successful show. Let's go home, everybody. <laughs> all right. <laughs> don't forget to turn off the lights, Ben. Uh, don't don't worry. I have. <laughs> I cannot afford my electricity bills. <laughs> uh, so we have a, a, a rare treat with Marion being here that we can actually like dive into the history of my cocktail mm-hmm. a little bit, but... Uh, I am. I'm serious when I say that it was total coincidence, and I, I, I was like, "Can this Boo Radley? Can this actually work?" Yeah, and of course it can. And uh, yeah, so it was uh, sheer uh, serendipity. I think it's perfect. It's um, a good drink. It's a great drink. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the uh, Chinar is like it's a it's an amaro that has artichoke at its base. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's herbal and stuff, but. Uh, this is actually perfect timing because I have a friend in town this weekend and he was talking to me about how he was hanging out with some people at uh-huh. Maison Premier and asked uh, the bartender to make him a cocktail with Sina- with Sinar. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to do the like really bratty thing yeah, yeah. where I was like, oh, um, actually, actually yeah. it's Chinar. Yeah, it's, from, it's from Italy. <laughs> <laughs> it's made from artichokes. Uh, so this is my Chinar weekend. Nice. Um well, uh, yeah, I mean, I do want to choke this guy out, uh, my <laughs> my neighborhood nemesis. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tell us about him. Yeah. Well, guys, this is like a little bit embarrassing because it's definitely like there's a class issue at mm-hmm. play and I have, you know, lots of liberal guilt and discomfort around that. Um, but my dog uh, loves to bark at... Uh, wheeled vehicles that are on the sidewalk so if Mm -hmm. somebody has a like cart with their groceries in it or if they have uh, like a mailman if they're pushing that like Mm three-wheeled uh push along the the mail uh 
job. I don't know what you call that. Male pram, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and shopping carts like that the uh and i live uh, i live right in between like uh, two blocks away from two different uh, grocery stores that have those like atms where you put in bottles and redeem them for their uh their recycling value Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so there's a, a a real cottage industry in the neighborhood of uh indigent folks who basically spend all day redeeming Mm -hmm. Uh, bottles and cans that they find around the neighborhood mm-hmm. and uh, because they do that they have shopping carts that they push around full of the stuff and uh, Darwin will often bark at uh, at that um, when he sees it and I, I don't really like you know I, I need to figure out how to train him not to but he uh, it's just like a like he, he also barked at uh, Halloween decorations all last week like every time we walked past a place with a pumpkin or like a ghoul like an inflatable ghoul out front mm-hmm. he barked at it like it's just like he just so has it's just a, a dog it's a trigger for him yeah and there's this one guy who just like every time i come around a corner he is there he's like always seem seemingly pretty intoxicated and he uh has definitely noticed darwin walking around barking at him at least a dozen times now. And uh, I real I began to realize that this guy like really dislikes me, um, you know, cause I always like apologize and say like, Oh, I'm sorry. He's a puppy. Like he just, he, he doesn't like carts or whatever. Um, but I was walking by myself to the train the other day and this guy was standing out in front of a donut shop with his shopping cart. And he like shoved it at me. Like he did like a, like a faint, like he was going to, bash me with it what as i was walking by and like i didn't even have the dog with me so i just i know this guy has my number and i see him like i basically see him every day like when i walk the dog down to the park in the morning i'll often see him you know getting up from sleeping on the stoop of a building uh i like i see him on my block routinely and like it's always a weird decision i have to make like do i go around the block and wait for him to go away so he doesn't see what building I live in. Like, that's a that's a decision that I'm making, like, on a weekly basis now. Hmm. Like, how 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 do I avoid... Do you actually feel getting... threatened by this guy? I mean, I think that if he attempted something, it wouldn't be much of a fair fight, and I would, you know... I, w- I wouldn't imagine that he could do much to harm me, but I... I don't want him to hit my dog or anything, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm I'd really rather him not know where I live, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just a it's just this puzzling conundrum because I like nothing's really happened, but I feel very uncomfortable, and I don't like I, like he doesn't live in the neighborhood any less or more than I do, mm-hmm. and it's just this weird thing, and I don't know how to make peace with him either because I don't I don't really know if he's capable of communicating with me on that level i hear olive branches work really well (laughs) have you tried communicating with him i mean it's it's always hot when i see this guy like he Mm -hmm. is always upset Mm -hmm. and uh i don't i i I don't know for sure that he's he's drunk or whatever all the time but i i mean he he looks like he has uh got a pretty heavy duty substance abuse problem um, just from the kind of, from the external cues. And I just, yeah, like I, maybe I should try and talk to him, but I just mm-hmm. don't, I don't even know like how much English he has, to be honest. Um, right. Well, and I guess there's only one way to find exactly. out. Exactly. It seems like yeah. a lot of, a lot of questions that could be answered by. You know, you know what happens when you assume Ben. Yeah. Uh, make an ass of Uma Thurman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think that this is like an issue that like my, my liberal guilt and my personal cowardice and my uh and my like introversion mm-hmm. all kind of make a perfect storm of this i like my current behavior only serves to perpetuate this this conflict um so i don't really know what to do about it i mean I have- it, is a is avoidance uh a potential technique it's possible it's just that you know he's a, he goes all of the same on all of the same streets that i go on so I think you, know. you just take up running. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, that's uh, maybe that's the maybe that's the solution is uh, 
ch- change my speed. Yeah. So I, so from a relativistic standpoint, there's just less to grab onto. Well, um, I mean, it's it's difficult. It's like difficult to navigate if if you know if if it's substance abuse, if it's like anger issues, and it's a combination of those things. I mean, yeah, you can attempt to talk to them, and if it doesn't go very well, then you know, okay, that's not that's not going to work, and you just avoid. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, my, neighbor, I mean, my neighborhood. My neighborhood is. Um, I've described before. It's kind of, you know, there's halfway houses, uh, rooming houses, and and um, uh, geared to income homes, and you know, there's sub, uh, mental patients, uh, mental health patients, and uh, substance abuse patients all over this neighborhood. And um, you yeah. can kind of see it coming. I mean, this might be a little different in the way that you turn a corner and the guy's there. <laughs> you know, then uh, yeah, you don't know what. I to mean, do. I've also just seen him do things that I really find like uh, unacceptable uh like i've walked past him and he's had just been like pulling things out of his cart and deciding that they were garbage and throwing them on the street Mm -hmm. and like i don't i don't like correct people's behavior in public because it's not like i don't feel like it's my place but it's you know that makes me like feel like feel less like i can just get along with this guy because yeah you know i don't know like I, i i don't know what to well, I mean, it depends on how badly you want. If you want to attempt it, then go ahead. But if, yeah. if you think if if his like if, if that kind of display of like throwing, just deciding arbitrarily that this thing in the in his buggy is garbage and throwing it in the road is like you know uh, uh, signs enough to to avoid him, then yeah. just you know. I mean, he is definitely, as far as I can tell, the only person that litters in Brooklyn. So. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. This is such like a bummer topic. I just I don't know. It's not. I mean, it's not a bummer. It's a legitimate thing you have to yeah. negotiate. Mm-hmm. So I maybe mean. I should just. Maybe what I should do is have a bunch of Boo Radleys, and then I go out there and I'm like on on the safe wavelength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, if he is drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I mix mix one up and go down with a cocktail glass and say, "Hey, man." Let's share a drink. Yeah, that now you're talking. Am I then enabling him? Well, I mean, (laughs) yeah, probably. Uh, Yeah, maybe I should just have my attorney write him a letter. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Maybe that's the quickest way. Yeah. Well, but how does the the Boo Radley is? uh, Oh, I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe you apply the uh, well, apply the alcohol, then apply the. Boo Radley uh, hope, I guess. That, Just never uh, leave your house. That's the solution. Well, there you go. Marion's got it on the head. I'm working, Done. I Next worked, one. <laughs> I work very hard on that as a lifestyle uh, choice, but uh, occasionally I do have to let the dog go to the bathroom and whatnot. So. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess Boo Radley didn't have a dog. Yeah. Yeah, if only he did. Um, <laughs> I think it's a, it's a real dandy cocktail. It's a... Uh, so, so were you saying that it was adapted mm. from a drink and punch or? Yes. Let me pull up my um, very official iPhone here. Um, <laughs> so we got this recipe from Punch who got it from Chris Hanna, um, who's the bartender at French 75 in New Orleans, which oh. is a very well-renowned cocktail bar down there. Um, and he, so it's adapted from a more obscure Southern classic. I'm quoting Punch now because they have a little more back history on this than we do. <laughs> Um, which is a Creole cocktail, which uses rye whiskey, um, sweet vermouth, and Amer Pecan, pecan, uh, which is like a bitter orange liqueur. Yeah, Amer Pecan is one of those things that is lost to the ages, but uh, there are a few few things that you can use to substitute. Mm -hmm. Um, The best one is probably Amer Nouvelle, which the Bitterman's folk make, and... uh, it's basically just like a like an orange pith liqueur, I right. would say. Yeah. I don't know. That's probably imprecise terminology, but <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I like. I, this is the first. Uh, I, I think I have cherry hearing in the West Coast bar, Chris Bowman. But oh uh, yes, uh, this is the first time I've had it here, and uh, with we. We had like a long history at the beginning of the show with <laughs> stumbles related to putting uh, like Kirschwasser mm-hmm. unsweetened cherry brandy in drinks when che- like sweet cherry liqueur like Ooh. hearing was called for and being like, ah, this drink is garbage right. because like the thing that was making it sweet 
enough to drink wasn't there. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, good, to, good, to, good to know the difference and good to uh, finally be using, using hearing correctly and, yeah. and, uh, and cherry brandy correctly. Hearing um, really is quite sweet, though, right? I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my hearing is much better these days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, how's the Dernier, Dernier Mot treating um, you? It's great. I mean, it's very, it's, it's very reminiscent of a last word. Yeah. Um, I like it a lot. So, um, it's yeah. very refreshing. It's probably a I little... I like the lime in it. A, a fractionally boozier drink than the last word because uh, rum agricole tends to be 50% alcohol mm-hmm. by volume, which is, you know, most gins are 40%, I think. Right. Um, so all the better. All the better, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. it's rum agricole, uh, Green chartreuse, chartreuse, and lime? Mar- lime and maraschino. Maraschino, that's what yeah. it is. Um, yeah, I'm really into it. Um, nice. I think that it pairs well with my uh, life event because after I've been crying for a long time, I <laughs> often feel dehydrated and I want a refreshing drink. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. And so this is the kind of like, you know, when you feel dehydrated, you don't want a bourbon drink. You want like a uh, like citrusy, mm-hmm. bright cocktail. Yeah. Um, so like the next time that I've had like a serious lacrimal event, I will, um, <laughs> I will turn to this cocktail. Nice. Uh, I saw Amy Sedaris mm. in a, uh, professional context one time. And since I like go on film sets a lot, uh, for my job, right. it's not unusual for me to see a famous person. Uh, I was, I think Amy Sedaris is the person around whom I was the most starstruck oh, ever. Incredible. Yeah. But I think that she's David so Sedaris funny. would blow her out of the water potentially because mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a big oh. fan. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Poor Mary and I, that sigh just didn't sound very good. <laughs> oh, did I make it? Did I make it? Yeah, you're like, uh huh. Like, just like, I thought no, maybe no. you were dreading. <laughs> I thought you were dreading the story that you were about to tell. No, no, no. So, what was this joke? Okay, so I'll tell, I'll try to tell the, the abridged version of the story. <laughs> okay. I yeah. haven't told this story in a while. Um, so, a couple of years ago, this was probably four years ago. Um, I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I was dating a guy who had moved to Raleigh, and we were both fans of David Sedaris. Sure. And, and he's, uh, he's from around there, right? Yeah, he's, he's from, Raleigh. from Raleigh, I think. Yeah. Um, and so we went and saw him at this, like, old, like, old historic building that has been turned into a concert hall or whatever. And it was right when um, Squirrel Seeks Chipmunk came out, which nice. was his book of fables about animals. And so we go and we both have our books and we were like, we're going to get our books signed. Like, we're going to do it. We're going to wait in line. And so we wait in, we wait in line for like an hour and a half. I mean, it was a long wait. Yeah. And I think we were both getting like a little anxious and a little restless. <laughs> and, um, you know, David Sturrs always talks about his book signings and he always talks about the people that he meets and he's always right. like, I want you guys to like tell me stories and tell me jokes. Oh, yeah. And so maybe like... 10 to 15 minutes before we get up to the table where he's sitting, I'm like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell him a joke. I'm like, (laughs) I think I'm like, I think like I'm a relatively funny person, but I'm not like, I'm not like a huge jokester. So far with your podcast appearance, it's been going great. Right, right, Mm -hmm. but I just mean, I'm not one of those people who's like jokes, 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 jokes. But I was like, you're not uh, on all the time. Yeah, but I was like, oh, this is... This, because you know, it's like, it's like having an audience with the queen, but sure. less, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe wanna, a little you, less stressful. But you want to have something get to her say. Spit her milk out of her nose. Right. Yeah. 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 And so I was like, I'm gonna do it. And my boyfriend was like, Okay, cool. And uh, and now, did the idea and which joke it was gonna be coincide, or did you come up with the idea? I'm gonna tell him a joke, and then you have to like think of which joke. I think I was like. I think I think they coincided. I think it all sort of appeared in my mind at the same time. Yeah. Light bulb. So we get and like looking back on this, I'm like, oh my god, this is so embarrassing. But looking so we get there and I was like, Hey, I was like, This is my boyfriend's name, this is I'm Marion. Uh, and I was like, I have a joke to tell you. Oh, and he, and he was like, Yeah, go for it. And um oh god. This is why the line is taking so long, by the way. I am so <laughs> nervous right now. I am sweating profusely. So, <laughs> so this is the joke. A blonde, a brunette, and a redhead are stranded on 
a desert island and they're or not a desert island uh, uh stranded on a island and they're captured by cannibals Whoa. and the cannibals um bring them to the main whatever the, the, they bring them to the, the cannibals village? capture them they bring them to the village thank you and see i'm really good at telling jokes or the, or and, the uh, <laughs> volcano. I'm, starting what? What? I'm starting to understand why this went horribly wrong <laughs> so okay bear with me so um they capture them and they're like we're gonna kill you and we're gonna skin you and we're gonna turn your skin into we're gonna make canoes out of your skin <laughs> but you get to decide how you want to die so the brunette goes up first and they're like, okay, how do you want to die? And she's like, bring me your strongest poison. So they bring her poison and she ingests it and then she dies and they make a canoe out of their skin. And, uh, and then the redhead goes up and they say, um, how do you want to die? And she says, bring me a gun. And the cannibals have a gun. So they're like, here. And so <laughs> she shoots cannibals. herself and she dies. Um, and then the... So this is more of an in-person joke. And then the blonde goes up and she go and they say, okay, it's your turn. Like, how do you want to die? And she goes, bring me a fork. And they're like, well, that's kind of weird, but that's totally your call. And so she grabs the fork and she starts poking herself with it all over her body. And she goes, you're going to have a leaky canoe. You're going to have a leaky canoe. And so I tell this story to David Sedaris. And it really is like it's something you got to kind of like act out. Um, I like this. She's, this blonde a, has some pluck, you know? It's a funny It's a funny joke in theory. But then David Sedaris goes, I don't get it. And I just like, the, my heart just like sank. And he was like... Well, the whole point of a blonde joke is that, like, this is literally David Sedaris explaining to me why my joke doesn't make sense. Because <laughs> the whole point of a blonde joke is that um, the blonde isn't supposed to be smart. Right. Like, she's supposed to be yeah. dumb. That's why yeah. they're called dumb blonde jokes. But really, this is kind of a clever thing for her to do. Um <laughs> And I mean, I just don't know what I said after that. I was probably like, please sign my book. I don't know. That's kind of unfair. I mean, ultimately. I, I think that the, that's what's yeah. great about the joke yeah, is that exactly. it kind of explodes it, your expectation. Like this blonde is going to be the, like she's going to pick the most painful way to die. And instead, I think she it, really outfoxes these cannibals. I think it's funny just because that's a funny idea of something to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think and he has a point. The logic of the joke is flawed. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, I guess. I mean, she, she's still basically. I think gonna die and she thinks she's out foxing him but really she's mm-hmm. still gonna die and she's hurting herself before she does right. so i mean I it's think, like a right. painful way i, I, I think know. i think in a in 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 a vacuum where dumb blonde jokes aren't the dumbest oldest street joke right. there is right the logic of the joke doesn't work but we live in that world where there's tons and tons of dumb blonde jokes so we expect you to zig and you zag. And that's the whole right. thing with Here's the joke. thing. Uh, Thank you guys about, for defending me. What I was talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah, where go like, fuck yourself, David. <laughs> you are uninvited from being on our podcast. <laughs> I, you know, here's the thing. Like, talking about being over, overly sensitive. I'm like, you know, justifying your joke. And as I'm doing so, I'm talking about, listen, she's still going to die. And she's still dumb because she's poking herself with a fork. And I just start feeling guilty about, like, this fictional blonde lady who... Wait. <laughs> Guys, so I haven't gotten to the best part of the story yet. Oh, oh shit. shit. Yeah, so so I have David Sedaris sign my book and sign a book for my dad because my dad really likes David Sedaris. And in my dad's book, he wrote, um, Your Daughter Delighted Me, which was just like <laughs> so, such a fucking like throwing me a bone. Uh, but um, so then we get out of the concert hall and my boyfriend looks at me and he goes, you probably should have run that by me first. Oh! And then I just started sobbing. Dump him. Dump the motherfucker. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, every guy, every guy knows what's funny and what isn't. And, right, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so then I cried. Jesus. <laughs> well, uh, but I wish, I wish that I had had one of these drinks whose name I still can't remember. Dernier Mo. I took Spanish in high school, so... I French took, has never been my thing. I took French in high school, so I'm a little bit more sophisticated, I guess. <laughs> I live in a bilingual country. I took French till uh, 10th grade, and I uh, barely speak a lick of it. So, mm. yeah. That is and a shame, Chris. It is. That, that's that a, was shame. a shame. It's that a, was a beautiful language. I was a short-sighted teenager. Oh, yeah, I know. It is. And uh, anyway, um, I just feel bad that you cried after. That sucks. I wish, you, I wish that it didn't yeah. affect It was a very emotionally yeah, tense situation. Well, we were waiting for so long. Yeah. And you also just um, have that like, feeling like like what like what if this is the moment where David Sedaris sees the 
the light inside me mm-hmm. and says like reaches across the table and says like come, come with, with me, me. You know? <laughs> yeah 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 you are my like, protege now yeah I, I wish I, I could say that I identified, but I mean, the only time I've ever taken a chance and made a joke uh, in the company of giants, it went over so well, I just stopped talking after. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, just, fuck you. <laughs> I got a laugh. I got a laugh out of two people that I like respect entirely who don't know who I am. And I uh-huh. just like, uh, okay, that's Mic enough. Drop. And you were like, Peace I'm out. leaving yeah. now. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Who was then, I just, then I just sat around and didn't say anything and looked like an awkward idiot for an hour. <laughs> so, you know. so you peaked really early. Yeah, I, I did totally. Pacing is uh, not my strong. <laughs> Who was it? Who did you impress? Uh, you don't want to tell us. I, I do. I definitely do want to tell you, but I think maybe I shouldn't. I'll just leave it. I'll tell you later. Oh, How about okay, that? Fine. Oh, whoa. I'll dangle Secret, that carrot. Keeping secrets from the list. It was Barack so. Obama. <laughs> Look, it, I only met him the one time. I figured I got to bring out my gold, <laughs> and I did. And, uh, you know, now yeah. we're buds. Mm-hmm. He almost came on our podcast instead of... Uh, Mark Marin. Um Well, Chris, uh, what about this? Uh, how how uh, how is this uh, breakfast martini treating you? Uh, I mean, I can only not really a martini. It's one of those drinks where using the the word martini feels a little bit sacrilegious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, it's gone. It was gone about. It's the first drink I've had in eight days. So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Chris yeah. is taking a little. Uh, no drink November, oh. with with a couple of exceptions for this yeah, show. Allowed. I realized I realized though, Ben, that uh, I'm coming to New York in a couple weeks, like, like two weeks exactly. Oh, and yeah, there's no that's way, gonna be tricky. Yeah, there's no way I'm taking a break when I'm in New York. So. <laughs> yeah, just, it doesn't count if you're in a count. different country. So Ben, how how how's your leg strength? Can you do a fireman's carry? Okay, because I think I'll probably get pretty drunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, listen, it, it's a delicious beverage. It's really really nice. Um, and yeah, it's one. It, uh, it's, it's a, I'm surprised I'd never heard of it. I found like yeah. a ton of examples of the recipe. Like the Navy Strength is by no means the only type of gin you can use in this. Um, Case in point, l- I only use regular strength gin. So okay, well, yeah, Jesus. So, what is no, Navy Strength? No stagecraft gin? in this show, is there? Uh, <laughs> so Navy Navy Strength gin is uh, typical gin is forty percent alcohol, and uh-huh. Navy Strength is fifty seven percent. Okay, and the distinction is important because. The British Navy would only put gin rations on their ships that were uh, not going to compromise the feasibility of gunpowder if uh, if the gin spilled on the gunpowder. So fifty-seven. Uh, that, so that's true. That's true of any Navy strength alcohol. Yeah. Fi- yeah. Wow, exactly. Okay. So fifty-seven percent is is the threshold uh, for. Uh, being able to light it on fire easily, I think, basically. Oh, so um, it's more flammable. Yeah, yeah. And Got so, like, if, if a bunch of, like, buckshot goes through the hull of your ship and hits the gin barrels, and that somehow winds up getting all over your gunpowder, it mm-hmm. doesn't reduce your ability to return fire. So I'm assuming they just store their alcohol next to their gunpowder? Is that how uh, it goes? Just, you know, these, uh, uh, based on watching Master and Commander once a week oh, yeah, right. f- for my Damn, entire life, movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a cramped, cramped quarters. I'm sure, that, uh, I'm sure that it was pretty easy to have those two substances interact. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to think I ask enough questions, Ben, but when you assign me a drink with Navy Strength, I'm like, cool, yeah, great, Navy Strength, I get it. You know, <laughs> naval, like, I mean, there's Navy strength rum as well, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Smith and Cross uh, is an example of a Navy strength rum. There mm. you go. I just, I just accept it as a fact, and there it is. It's a thing, and I don't ask why. But then you provide an answer. Well, uh, you know, I have no idea how true any of that is. It's just <laughs> bar lore for me. So. Yeah, yeah, And I think sure. that's, that's, a, that's a, an ongoing leitmotif in this show is... Yeah. Ben says some shit that he heard one time <laughs> but as listen, though it is the truth. It's like, you know what? If it's not true, that sounds like a very good reason for it to be a, yeah. a stronger alcohol. So I'll take it. Yeah. You know why they drive on the other side of the road in uh, in England? Napoleon never conquered it. And uh, Napoleon was a lefty. So he switched all the roads in, in continental Europe. So now you're just he could draw off. his sword and cut somebody's head off. Really? No, it's just some bar lore. <laughs> I'm fine with it. It seems uh, good, right? It's good. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah. does. Yeah, it really does. Uh, well, listen. So uh, as we speak right now, it is, as, as I said, my nephew's sixth birthday. And uh, he happy is, birthday. Yeah. Cheers. And he is, um, he is at Legoland as Ooh. we speak. And uh, so this is something like Lego, I think, is something within the last year that's relatively 
uh, yeah, passion, yeah, yeah. You know, that is that is like prime nephew time. Oh my man. god, yeah, like, it really is. It really is. Uh, I I definitely like all of my little cousins uh, that uh, that I see. Like when they were like two, I would be bringing over like super advanced Lego kits. Like let's let's put this let's together, and they'd just yeah. be like boo boo bye bye. And be like I just can't wait. Yeah, I mean, I, this is the thing. I, I know people have uh, talked about it before. How Lego now is just a bunch of models and not uh, random, you know, uh, box of blocks that you just build things I, from your imagination. Right, from. like you buy the set. Right, and you follow a set of instructions, it's and then you've got capitalism, man. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that uh, while there's some truth in that, every piece of Lego that has ever been produced is interlockable with every sure. other piece of Lego. Uh, absolutely. And so, so uh, you know, the second you have two kits that get broken down and put into a rubber-made tub, yeah, you've got you've got old-time Legos. That's true. That's it's absolutely true. I, I so I, have fun. Have fun, kids. <laughs> sure, have fun, kids. Use your imagination. Yeah. Build what the box tells you to build, then tear it down and throw the pieces in a big tub and uh, try and figure it out. I, I know <laughs> that there is a tub like under my parents' house in California that I'm going to delight in unleashing on whatever oh, children I wind up having. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, I honestly... Uh, he, it's so going to be he, great. My That's sister awesome. texted me minutes before we started recording saying... It's Star Wars Day at Legoland. And so she <laughs> sends me a bunch wow. of photos. Like, coincidentally, like, she had gotten tickets for them to go. And, yeah. Uh, uh, but coincidentally, it's Star Wars Day. So, like, Darth Vader and Wacka Stormtroopers, like, Yoda, everybody's there right now. <laughs> That's huge. Yeah. Oh, man. He, and he's like, you know, she sends a photo of uh, uh, my nephew and, and my brother in law, you know, thumbs up with Darth Vader and a bunch of stormtrooper. <laughs> oh no, they've, they've they've affiliated themselves with the wrong side of that. Listen cannon. to me, listen to me, man. I had I sat with my nephew at uh, the lunch table one day, and and um, we were, uh, you know, he wanted to play with his Star Wars action figures. So, <clears throat> excuse me, he says. Uh, you know, okay, you're Luke Skywalker, I'm Darth Vader, um, but Darth Vader can be good, right? And I'm like, well, Aww. yeah, yeah. I mean, he just really wanted Darth Vader to be good. You That's know? such an open-minded worldview. Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. So of Dar course, Darth like, Vader does get redeemed at the end of the uh, third uh, movie in the trilogy. You know? uh, spoiler alert! Spoiler yeah. alert! What? Right? If you haven't watched Star Wars in the last 50 years that it's for 40 years it's been around. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, I, of course, I say, I'm like, yeah, yeah, he is good. I mean, nobody's all good or all bad. I mean, there's yeah. a little bit of both, you know. And so, you know, we then, I, because we're sitting down to lunch, we sit the characters down to lunch and we have a... <laughs> An imaginary lunch. Sounds very Skywalker. like a very civil way of <laughs> yeah. uh, resolving the differences between the dark oh, and the so and the light side of the force. Yeah, exactly. Over so, lunch. So, have you bought a like ten thousand piece Lego kit for this kid? Oh, yet? it's funny. I mean, I I I I, uh, I was wondering if I should get a, a Lego kit because the only age appropriate Legos are like the tiny boxes right now. I mean, right. I yeah. bought him some Lego a few weeks back, and uh, because. You know, the reason I, I talk about having to uh, exercise restraints because I look f so forward to going into Toys R Us that I, <laughs> or like any toy store, like I look so forward to it yeah. and we're never there long enough. You know what I yeah. mean? He just wants to get, like, we whip through the aisles, like, oh my God, and his head is turning. Look, Ninja Turtles. Look, Lego. Look, Star Wars. You know, and just all the way through and he picks what he wants and then we go. I'm like, but wait, let's go back to this aisle because, you know, how else <laughs> am I supposed to keep up with what's going on for kids? You know? I mean, yeah, totally. So um, I wonder if we're gonna have like Ninja Turtles and Star Wars for the next generation. Like at a certain point, like those are gonna just be like things that your dad and your granddad played with as a kid, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, this is my whole thing is that it's it's interesting because every generation after the first generation of Star Wars fans right. has so many different ways to get into star wars i you know. know you can read so, the novels you can <laughs> yeah or or like you just <laughs> play see, the board game you see a cartoon first and then they're yeah. cartoon characters and so i've just been honestly my nephew was one one year old and i bought him the trilogy the, the first trilogy of star wars and i'm like <laughs> on blu-ray i'm like i cannot wait i cannot wait i have to get this now and uh anyway so yeah it's just very interesting that that kids will see they know the characters before they know the context uh, in which they were mm. first, you know, uh, introduced or whatever. So, totally. uh, um, 
so it's, it's kind of fascinating to me. But anyway, so I went yesterday by myself to uh, Toys R Us and, uh, you know, Saturday at a mall Toys R Us was like absolute <laughs> fucking chaos, you know? Do you need a cocktail for that? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I should have had or a like flask. like a Valium. Yeah, I should have had a flask <laughs> and a Valium. Yeah. Um, but there was, yeah, there's just, uh, man, you know, it's not often that, like, I'm not somebody who has a ton of money behind me. So, you know, the timing was just right where I, you know, happened to be flush and I'm like, okay, this is, uh, you know, there's no limits. I can get it while the, uh, cash iron is hot. He's only going to turn six once. Yeah, exactly. This is it. It's like, well, I'm only going to visit this particular week in my life once. You know I mean? So... (laughs) Uh, I mean, I look for excuses to buy things and I have to, uh, you know, I have to watch myself. But anyway, so I kind of went overboard yesterday. Um, and, and, and as, as is the case with most, uh, you know, nostalgic Star Wars fans, it's like, well, I never had this as a kid. So I'm going to make sure either your own child or, you know, your, uh, relative, your nephew, nephew or niece has yeah. the thing that you always wanted and right. they don't even know what it is. It's like, here you go. You never have to want this, you yeah. know, like this is just here now. So, uh, well, that's I why, it, that's why, you know, my future children, I fully intend to put it in beauty pageants because oh, yeah. I was, I was never beautiful as a child, but no, I, them no. Uh, I think the no. sooner you can sign them up, the better, yeah. you know, uh, I, um, Basically, every like six months, go on Amazon and try and find out like what the most elaborate Millennium Falcon Lego kit would run. Oh wow! <laughs> and I, I can't and? bring myself to do it. I just can't. Like mm. I'm a fucking grown ass man, but like, but I definitely like feel like I wish I had had that as a kid. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like it didn't yeah. really. Ex- it, like I was, I was when by the time the Lego Star Wars licensing juggernaut took hold. Mm-hmm. I was like in high school and there was no way, but, uh, man, nothing would have made me happier as a kid. That well, would have been is, huge. This it is it. Been like, there's so many Star Wars products now. I mean, not just, just to go on about Star Wars, any kind of older, uh, toy. Hey, we're a podcast. We're allowed to talk about nerdy shit. This totally. is yeah, I mean, a Star Wars it. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Mary. It's okay. <laughs> Didn't mean to invite you on the dorkiest episode <laughs> we've ever done. <laughs> but I just say like, there's, there, there are, like, I remember being a kid and, um, uh, oh, what's the, um, oh, I'm trying to think of like the mail order, like catalog that, um, it's not Mary Kay. There's some sort of thing like that. Anyway, when I was a kid, like I, Avon ladies, Avon, boom, that's it. So I was like a kid, in Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. yeah. I had an Avon like Superman hairbrush. Okay. Uh-huh. And, and it was like Superman, like in the, the classic pose, like he's like leaping off the ground, like flying through the air. And I coveted this thing like you would not believe. Okay. But now, I mean, it's you what can got get, you into brushing your hair, and now you have the you know best what brushed hair. Did really you have a lot of hair? <laughs> no, I, no, <laughs> I, I had a Superman garbage can, which I all I also loved so much, and I love throwing garbage away. Like it really, it really taught me how to put things in the right place. Wow. But yeah. uh, but now I, I say that to make the point that now you can get. It's kind of like the kiss licensing to things. You're, it's like, you're really into truth, justice, and throwing garbage away. <laughs> You know, taking out the trash. That's what I love. <laughs> um, but you can get anything now, like, you know, from stationary to fucking gumball machines mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, bouillon cubes, <laughs> you know, uh, with Star Wars imprints. And, and I mean, it's just like, oh, uh, man, Star Wars bouillon is some <laughs> of the best bouillon. <laughs> I mean, you know, Marianne, you're a you're a food writer i mean you've had some star wars bouillon yeah. right it's I, very highly regarded i like a yeah. nice beef bourguignon with a star wars bouillon cube at the base <laughs> a little tatooine harvested bouillon oh my god stop it <laughs> stop it chris anyway so i i got him so here i'm gonna tell you what i got him okay okay I got this him. is coming out uh you know this is coming out like in a week or two. So. Yeah, and I mean, my as, as much as my six-year-old nephew is up on our podcast, he you know <laughs> he won't be hearing this till days later. Huge fan of our drink show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I got him a Chewbacca Nerf crossbow, which <laughs> which says eight years and up. And I mean, I'm not. I don't think he has any guns at this point. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll be the first one to give him a crossbow. Uh, which, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not an advocate for or against. It's just. They're Nerf darts, and I had them, and I think it's okay. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know. I think I think that's I think that's good. I think that Maybe a lot of those age recommendations are covering their asses. You know. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, the, the the Lego that I got him recently, he honestly put together in 
three minutes flat and I'm, I, I was just astounded. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, so this is just... Time to get something more advanced. Yeah, um, which, you know, arguably a Chewbacca crossbow is not it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, and so here's the controversial item that I bought, okay? Okay. I, I bought him... There is a, 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 a series of toys called Star Wars the Black Series, which is like a, like a I'm imagining a collector's thing. Uh, huh. But uh, so it's like these scenes, like you get, you know, Chewbacca being led to whatever in cuffs, blah, blah, blah. Right. This so is, are they like figurines type of deal? Yeah. Action figures. Yeah. You know, the little like. Yeah, five inch or whatever character. The type and of dolls that Dark Helmet plays with in uh, Dark, <laughs> Dark Helmet in Space, space Balls. balls. Yes. Uh, but so this is the uh, this is uh, Jabba's Rancor pit, right? So it comes with the <laughs> Rancor monster. So it's Jabba the Hutt, a, a, an absolutely fucking massive Rancor monster, which is like this thing that eats, you know, yeah, creatures. It's it's uh, slaves that have have uh, have uh, crossed. Mm. Yeah, space gangster Jabba the Hutt. Well, this is okay. So here's where. So it comes. Our with listeners a, are like, they're all gone. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, they're gone. So they, whatever. But here's. Yeah. So it comes with a couple action figures. But the controversial figure that it does come with, which is something that uh, I, I, the manufacturer has promised to stop making, is Slave Leia. Okay. Wow. So Ooh. I and I never thought about it till I got home. I'm like, oh shit, this has got, you know, like this has got Princess Leia as slave yeah. in here and. And so it's like, uh, you know, it's inappro- she's inappropriately dressed. And, and I think, do I take it out? Do I just <laughs> give it to him? And like, like it's... So, yeah, are we going to give the six-year-old the like sanitized version of this scene? Yeah, I, I mean, and I don't know. Like, Is there a way to sanitize it? Or by taking that character out, do we negate her and thereby... Yeah, so this is, this is the question. And I mean... If I she, mean, she's the one that winds up killing Jabba the Hutt. Absolutely. She's a badass bee in the end. You know, she choked. Yeah. yeah, she, you know, now uh, I don't know how people feel about that. But um, if, if you package, if you repackaged Slave Leia as Beach Ready Leia, I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I think it's still problematic. Yeah, yeah, I know. So anyway, this is the point. So you think I should take it out then, Marianne? Yeah, it can't hurt. Yeah. 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 A little weird for a six-year-old, I guess. I say, you know, better safe than sorry. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna encounter a bunch of other weird shit. Yeah, that'll yeah, keep like him I, from being boring. Yeah, <laughs> but well, yeah. maybe it's not women dressed as sex slaves. He also won't. He also will not miss it. You know, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, and then okay, you know then you can keep it for yourself. Yeah. That, well, it's a win-win yeah. situation. <laughs> that's that's yeah. That's not necessarily <laughs> the answer either. But yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm just yeah, okay. It for so you. I'll take it out. All right, all right, done. Yeah. Um, uh, or uh, you know, maybe his mom wants to uh, weigh in on that decision too. Yeah. Know? No, I guess I, maybe you're right. Um, maybe like maybe give it to her to uh, to uh, give to him at a later date. Yeah. When uh, when there's like a his conversation 18th birthday that can be had. Yeah, his 18th exactly. birthday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. His first his... his first day of freshman year in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. my, my, my uncle is so weird. He just like bestowed this old slave Leia doll and I'm going to college. <laughs> it's worth 10,000 bucks now. It's great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so the point being also that I could have gone bananas in yeah. that store. You know, yeah, you, this like is you, you showing restraint. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, anybody that wants to look, look it up, you can see that it's a, a, not a cheap thing to buy. And it's not very, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, I, it doesn't make sense that I bought him that thing. But uh, <laughs> it was, I got a crazy good deal. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I always wanted this Rancor monster as a kid. So let's, let's just give it to him. You know, it's as much for me as it is for him. Yeah. Hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Request. Chris, we have a listener call. Yes. Hey guys, it's Katie from Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. I've been listening to your show since the very beginning. I've submitted two drink requests before, and they were delightful. And now I need another drink. I broke my foot back at the end of July, and I was out of work and no weight-bearing on my left foot for 12 weeks. It was terrible. Wow. But now I'm back at work, and I'm in physical therapy, and I'm learning how to walk all over again at the age of 31. Whoa. So I need a drink for that. Wow. Thanks, guys. Love the show. 
Thanks, oh, Katie. We always love hearing from listener Katie. Yeah. One of our one of our uh, one of our faves. Uh, but man, I had no idea that she was going through that right now. Uh, that no. Is super duper whack. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's good to hear that you're getting back to it. Um, yeah. Hopefully, walking isn't as hard the second time to learn as it was the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna do our best to make it. So. Oh, but it'd be so drink. fun to just like walk like a baby for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, maybe have a couple of these, and uh, you will be walking like a drunk baby. Um, uh, so Katie, you're going to be drinking something called a brandy Alexander. Um, it's two ounces of brandy, half an ounce of dark creme de cacao, uh, half an ounce of heavy cream and a uh, whole nutmeg. So you're going to combine the brandy creme de cacao and heavy cream in a shaker with ice and shake vigorously strain into a six ounce cocktail glass and great nutmeg over top to taste. Yeah. Quick I really like point. nutmeg on top of a drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, like a punch or that, something. Yeah, the aromatics of that are just a total winner for me. I I had a I had a sour a whiskey or a bourbon sour recently, and it had black pepper on top, and I oh, um, and it was very nice. I could see that being great. It was mm-hmm. very nice. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, uh, I sure hope uh, Katie's foot mends up quickly, and I hope she takes a pick and sends it in when she. Yes. Tries out the Brandy Alexander. That sounds awesome. Godspeed, Katie. That's yeah. a, kind of a classic cocktail, I think. Yeah, Brandy I feel like I've heard of it before. I, I was surprised that, that we have done it. Yeah. I wonder where that name we came should, from. We should do some homework next time. I think it's also like a Feist song. <laughs> it is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little T.O. connection there. Let me see if uh, if we can't find out. Uh, is Feist from Toronto? Yeah. Oh, she's from Cal. I think she's from Alberta, but she lives yeah. here now. We should have her on the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on. What's she doing? I Make have her met her a couple hit, times, and she's a lovely music? person. She's a lovely person, but I, I think she's a little busy. I uh, can imagine. She's making all those great songs. Mm-hmm. I love that one, two, three, four music video almost more than life itself. <laughs> you mean the yeah. iPod commercial? Uh, is it an iPod commercial, too? <laughs> Wasn't it an iPod? I think it was an They turned it into a Sesame Street song. I know that much. Yeah. That's when you know you've reached. But it's like all one shot, and they're like all like like thirty people running around in circles and stuff. Mm. It's just fun. Makes me want to dance. Well, uh, Marion, do you have anything to promote? Any anything uh, coming out? Myself, article wise, me. Okay, how do people (laughs) follow you? How do, how do they follow you on Twitter? How do they get a oh, hold of you? Um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Marian Bull, which is M-A-R-I-A-N-B-U-L-L. Uh, I'm also on, <laughs> this feels so weird. I'm also on Instagram. There, I'm Marian Toro, which is my <laughs> name in Spanish, which I think confuses a lot of people. And then people think that my last name is actually Toro. Huh. Um, but yeah, that's where, I, that's where I post a lot of things that I'm writing. Um, also, I have a story in the next issue of Lucky Peach that's coming out in a couple of weeks. So people cool. should buy oh, that. Sweet. Great, yeah. And give money night. to print magazines. Yeah, yes. for sure. They sure should. Uh, that's a great Love one. Love them. Well, you can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris B. Chicken and Benjamin at Benjamin R A H R. You can follow our show at Drink About It. We are also on Instagram at Let's Drink About It mm-hmm. uh, or Let's Drink About Toro. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we're on Facebook and Tumblr. Uh, we should thank Lizzie Bartelt, uh, thank you, our Lizzie. intrepid social media mm-hmm. maven. Uh, we basically are halfwits when it comes to that stuff, and she is super good at it so uh the reason it's gotten so much better lately is because lizzie is a trooper and is helping us out big time number one uh we should thank graham walsh and paul watling for fellas potentially the new art and music by this time uh yeah we don't even know yep (laughs) could be hope you like the new music that we did or didn't play maybe 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 this just is the new music and we have to commit to it now Mm mm-hmm Oh, I okay. think so. I think, um, I, think this, I, I think this episode's coming out. We have enough lead time to get it together. Uh, and uh, thank you, Marion. Thanks, yeah, Marion. For coming on the show. It's been a real hoot. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm glad I have a new go-to I Just Cried cocktail. Yes. <laughs> it's perfect. Nice. I hope uh, you don't for have, winter. I, I hope you don't have to go to it too often. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> hey, the well, life of a freelancer is not easy. Not easy. 
Uh, it's been it's been nothing short of a delight. Um, and I think that about wraps it up. That's so it. with that, we will be back at you next week with more life events and more drinks to go perfectly with them. Later, potato. Don't choke on your rum and coke. <laughs> yep. Um, I think our friend Shit Food Blogger does an <laughs> online column for Lucky Peach. If I'm not mistaken. He does a oh, no, it's for munchies. munchies. Oh, munchies. I do love shit, though. He's a good he dude. He is. Shit, is. shit is one of the best in the he biz. Go, he gets a little off the rails sometimes, but like... Oh, that's my favorite. Oh, when he gets off the rails, that's, that's, that's my favorite shoot, part. Uh, shit food blogger. Yeah. Off the rails blogger. Yeah. yeah. I like to, uh, I like to uh, get corrective with him when he gets off the rails. I like to... Get, I like on, to, the, get on that Twitter and be like, hey, man, pipe I like down. to sit back and watch that happen, actually. <laughs> <laughs>